Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Nothing to Fear, a weekly horror movie podcast hosted by three wonderful friends celebrating this summer. <laughs> uh, my name is Billy Schultz, and I am joined, as always, by Alex Wan and Luke Mason. How are you doing this morning, Luke? I'm tired and a little hungover, so about the same oh, as every time we record. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but it looks like it'll be a nice day, so that's like that's worth something. So what was the what was the occasion? Just like Saturday shenanigans? Yeah, yesterday was Saturday, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you're like doing a trivia or you have a frisbee uh, game or something. Actually, there's a couple who've moved to Nelson and he's from the Czech Republic or Czechia. A couple of what? <laughs> a, pe- a, a couple of people. And she's French, and they've just moved to Nelson, and they have played the Frisbee. So was, we hung out at their house, and oh, it was fun. cool. It's cool getting to know people from a different country. French right. connection, am I right? <laughs> I believe good. it's pronounced French Chechection. Hey. <laughs> nope. It's not. Definitely not. <laughs> French Chechection. There we go. There we go. Yeah, no, that other... che- yeah, nice. Oh, that's always fun to hang out with people. Yeah. And that other voice who's offering up... Wonderful little quips and instigations is Alex Wan. How you doing, Alex? <laughs> Good. I'm also very tired, but mm-hmm. I'm not hungover because I went up to different kind of Saturday shenanigans. Oh, what were you up to? So a friend of mine, um, we share the same birthday. So this year, her birthday gift to me was order anything you want and I'll pay for your meal. So I, within a week of our birthdays, I did that. And then my birthday present was, so you know I make no money. So <laughs> what I can offer instead is I'll offer to babysit your kids for a full day. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, so she cashed that in six months later. So yesterday <laughs> I took her two kids to the zoo and we hung out mm-hmm. all day. Nice. You love and the zoo. I love the zoo. And it was really funny because she's like, she's always like, we, we came back and she was like, were they good? Like, were they bad at all? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I've been to the zoo with like 30 kids before. Yeah. <laughs> like, if your kids were. In the 30, they would have been the best of the best. Like, they say thank you to shit. They, yeah. They're polite. When right. a park lady came and asked them to walk on the path and stop climbing, they decided to walk on the path for the rest of the day. And then they would be like, why are other kids still climbing? I'm like, because they're not as good listeners as you. Like, they were just so good. Uh, it was like the easiest day at the zoo with kids I've ever had. We actually got to look at animals. Amazing. <laughs> yeah when i was like all right we're going to the playground and you can play here for 20 minutes at 20 minutes i was like all right it's been 20 minutes and they left instantly it's like <laughs> they were the best kids ever so yeah wow. it was a really fun day but i'm pretty tired and mm, i keep yeah. waiting for this story to have a twist because no there's no twist they were just good, good. Kids. it was just yeah. too good and they were fun to hang out with so yeah that's those were the shenanigans i got up to yesterday nice well, I am also tired, but it is not because of any shenanigans and not because I'm hungover, but because coffee was giving me intense heartburn and I was probably drinking too much of it. So I've tried to cut back on coffee. So have you tried uh, Monster? Oh, God. No, I don't want it. That, that stuff looks and tastes like battery acid. <laughs> and I know Wait, we uh, joked about drink, them sponsoring us, but you've drinking no. battery acid before. Listen, I don't have time to get into it. <laughs> okay. All right. Do you know the Energizer yeah. Bunny got arrested? What was what? He was charged with battery. There it is. 
parents. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. Uh, we're we're all three firing on some cylinders. Uh, that's that's what we're doing, and we're gonna be. We're going to be talking about a horror movie, so that's very exciting. And for August, we are going to be taking a little bit of a tour internationally. And Alex, it was your turn to pick first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us, what are we? Where are we going? Country first, and what movie are we watching? Uh, well, as I said last week. Uh... Yes, you said it last week. <laughs> we Sometimes going... people don't listen all the way to the end, Alex. What? <laughs> I know. No, none of our listeners are that fair weather. I wouldn't. Put, None... I wouldn't believe that for a second. Anyone listening to this will listen all the way through because they know that's the right thing to do. They are. There are dozens of them. <laughs> it's not just the right thing to do, Luke, but it's what it's what Jesus would have done. That's right. He so would listen all the way through to our podcast. <laughs> Jesus always. He, Jesus never skips ads. He no, never skips like he never does. Yeah, yeah, like banter at the start. He doesn't care about time codes. He's there. Start to finish. In fact, no matter what. Jesus listens to the ads, so we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jesus. Yeah. All right, Jesus. Alex, go. <laughs> well, we are going to France, as or allegedly France. Like I don't know where this was filmed, but this is a French movie, so I'll say we're going to France. For all I know, we could have been in some French-speaking African country because they speak French down there, right? This, I don't know. Yeah, I think it West looked Africa. like. It looked like France. It looked, it looked like, like France. France or yeah. Bel- it felt like it was, France. Tasted like it, France. <laughs> it was Belgian as well. Like it was a Belgian co-production. But anyway, this is getting ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Keep I going. Th- I think we went to France. And we, uh, or I chose for us to watch the 2016 French film Raw as opposed to Smackdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. Tell us about it. You know, like, like... A, I don't know very many international horror movies that aren't Japanese, and I, I think I wanted to specifically choose something that wasn't Japanese mm-hmm. or, like, Korean, because this is probably our first foreign language film that isn't Japanese or Korean, right? I believe so. Well, Unless rec. you count Rack. Rack, ah, yes, Spanish. Rack Spanish, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Rack. Okay, yeah. never mind, then, never mind. <laughs> I just knew I wanted, maybe I wanted to, I did, I did know I wanted to pick, like, a European horror movie, so... Right googling lists looking at stuff and then i saw this film and it it looked the premise looked interesting the re, the, the reviews were decent so i was like okay let's let's watch raw let's do it and that's how i picked this movie yeah <laughs> i hadn't seen this movie before i had heard from a lot of people that and a lot of other podcasts that it's pretty gross and french and that was it <laughs> and like i think there was like a, a cannibalism sort of vein running through it and that's so to speak so to speak <laughs> that's that's what i knew about it i was kind of excited to watch it because i know that the director julia de Cornau is kind of this avant-garde horror director and more recently she's done titane which is also supposed to be pretty wild and out there and so i was just kind of excited to watch a movie that was different than what we had watched in slasher movies. So not fan footage, not slasher, not supernatural in any way, just, just and not even fucked, like zombie, fucked up and right? gross, not even zombie. Yeah. So yeah. I, that's all I knew about it going in. But Luke, you're kind of the, the one with the most horror experience, even after all of our, <laughs> all of our time together. But had you seen this one before? No, I had never seen it, but I knew basically all of what it was about. Cause it's kind of, it's a notorious film, I suppose. Kind of like Teeth. Remember Teeth? 
Mm, yes. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it's <laughs> one of those movies. Teeth, teeth was fun. Some of these movies. Teeth was come, fun. Some of these movies come out that nobody watches, but everybody knows about. Right. And I, and right, I think right, Raw, right. Raw fits into that category just mm-hmm. because Human of Human Centipede? Yeah. I didn't watch that one. Never yeah. Like, one. there's just, there's, like, they get so, they're so out yeah, that people hear about it, even though they don't see it. So I was in that camp. And so, yeah, I mean, I knew that it was a young woman who starts to eat people. And I was like, right. oh, okay. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know that her <laughs> also eats people and her <laughs> also eats people. Wow. That, so many that... spoilers for after the, after the trailer. Luke. <laughs> but okay. Well, I'll yeah. say it after the trailer. Then. <laughs> good. Good. Thank you. Please, please. We have a protocol here. So when, when Alex yeah. picked this movie, I was like, okay. I know. I thought I knew what we were getting ourselves into, and I kind of did, and I kind of didn't. Yeah, I think I knew the the kind of bare bones, the premise behind it, but I didn't know the plot, and I was excited to find out the plot. And as you'll hear after the the trailer, the plot is uh, this is kind of one of those movies that's more of a metaphor and like symbolism and grotesquery, and yeah, it doesn't have a direct yeah. meaning, but we'll talk about it. We'll get into it. Mm-hmm. I did watch the trailer already for this, so I know this going in. The only ones I could find are just music with text on it, which not great for podcasting. But <laughs> maybe anyway, you can narrate it, huh? Uh, no, I didn't like doing that. So I felt really <laughs> self conscious about it. <laughs> but now I'm eating you. <laughs> munch, 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 munch. In a num, world num, 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 num. where vets are yeah. fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're 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 gonna talk about this movie in a second. This is your official spoiler warning. Some of it has been spoiled already. It doesn't matter. Here's the trailer, and when you hear the next voice, you hear will be Alex reading the synopsis. Oh, also triggering warning, right? It's gross. Oh shit! Yeah, there's like a fucking ton of trigger warnings here. Lots of cannibalism. The dog does die. There's a point where a woman's entire arm is up a cow's ass. Like, there's just check out doesthedogdie.com. It's <laughs> There's a lot of the the wor- I'll save the worst part for after the trailer, but okay. it's it's gonna be a joke answer. But don't worry. Anyway, here's the trailer. <laughs> oh, hey, listeners! It's Billy jumping in the uh, podcast from a different point in time. Podcast time is weird, and uh, we're about to hear the trailer for Raw, which, as we mentioned in the episode earlier, there is no dialogue for it. So um, instead of just hearing music. As you're listening to this podcast, what you can do is head to YouTube and find the trailer for this, and then uh, you can sync it up to this this pod and the trailer, and you can watch it while listening to the podcast. And I think this is a really good idea, and since Luke and Alex aren't here to correct me or offer out of left field ideas like, why don't they just watch and listen to it on YouTube? Come on, be serious. Uh, you can just you can do a little a little sync. So uh, I, I hope you've got enough time. You've had enough time. To go to YouTube. You found the trailer. I'll give you a few more seconds. Hope your day's going well. Hope you're staying cool. That should be enough time. Probably enough time. Okay, so we're gonna start the trailer. Hover over that play button. In three, two, one, go. <laughs> Oh, 
I'm going to have fun with these names. Raw is a 2016 coming-of-age horror drama film written and directed by Julia Ducorno and starring Garantz Marilier, Ella Rumpf, and okay. Raba Nate Ufella. <laughs> definitely not correct. Nailed it. Let me... <laughs> I, I, th- that was definitely not correct, but I, I apologize. I feel ignorant, but not enough to just gotta put a French learn spin and correct on it. myself. Yeah. Just got to put a French spin on it. Well, let me see. I, hang on, hang on. I want to look it up now. Let's see if I can take a whack at these. Garants Marilner? My raw Marilnier. materials. Uh, Marilnier, yeah. Garants Marilnier. This is, uh, why is Wikipedia being so bad for me right now? Raw movie. Garants Marilnier. Movie. Oh, God, no. Didn't you know the Wikipedia servers are hosted on Rogers? Eddie Murphy Raw? Is that the one? Did we watch? I watched that one. I watched Eddie Murphy's Raw Comedy Festival. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Garance Marillier, I would say, is how you say that name. (laughs) Marillier, okay. Ella Rumpf. Yep, you got that one. Ella Rumpf? Rabban Ufella. Ufella? I don't know who who anybody is. I think Uh, Ella Rumpf was her sister. And Garant Marillier was just Justine. Yes. So, Juju. Okay. Anyway, Alex, Juju, tell us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, the plot follows a young vegetarian's first year at veterinary school when she tastes meat for the first time and develops a craving for flesh. Okay. So, how do you feel about your pick, Alex? This movie was fucking gross. So gross. It was really gross. It was really weird. And then I think the first third of it, or maybe the first half of it, I was like, I don't like this movie. I kind of regret <laughs> picking it. And then by the time we got to it, and then after I sat down and thought about it for a bit, I was like, outside of like the really gross shit, I actually kind of like this movie. Because, you know, okay. you know me, I'm a sucker for a good coming of age movie. And like behind the <laughs> horror aspect... Behind the blood. Oh my god. Yep. This was a good coming of age movie. It's true. Third best coming of age movie. No, I wouldn't say third best, but it was like it was a decent coming of age movie. Um I sure. think okay. like, it, I it does that. all the classics, you know, exploring oneself, learning about who you are, and with, with, with a little bit of a twist, right? Yep. Yeah. A bit of a twist. So a it's like it was still really gross and I still kinda regret it, but not so much. I did actually overall enjoy this movie. For nice. the overall, like, overall substance of it, like if you look past right. the shock of the 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 cannibalism, yeah. If if you if you strip back all the weird horror layers, it does, I can see where you're getting. Yeah, that, and I think I share some of those opinions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So and those are my initial thoughts. I was like, eh, but okay, it's cool. alright. Yeah, this movie. I think we'll hit this nail on the head one more time, and then the eavesdrop will be held up. But this movie was so gross. It was very visceral and just like repulsive in a way that other gross movies haven't been like, you know, Hellraiser and the Fly. That's like gross body horror stuff. The 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 act of this cannibalistic impulse that this family has is more of a repulsion and like an outright disgust than I think the like, ooh that body is all fucked up. Thanks to Hellraiser, Hellraiser, Hellraiser about and. There are points in this movie where 
I got really angry <laughs> and really mad at the movie and at the characters in the movie, particularly the stuff around the hazing. And we'll talk about that <laughs> later on. I have a special note to talk about that. But mm. I thought the performances were good. I guess I should have guessed that it would be all in French and it would be subtitles. This is like foreign movie month after all. So I wasn't quite prepared to do so much reading, but it was... <laughs> I mean, it was a it was a good Wait, practice. Was that a real? That's a real thought. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Why? I know. I thought for some reason I thought it would be like it's just funny just... to hear. I wasn't prepared to do so much reading while watching this foreign movie. You know what? I've never actually thought about it as reading before when I watch with subtitles, but I guess that's exactly yeah. what it is. I mean, it's and like I was trying because you know I've been in quebec now for about a year Um, and like i've heard a lot of french and so i was like oh maybe i'll be able to like piece some stuff together but as a lot of people say quebec french and french from france is almost different languages and Mm -hmm. oh boy they love to run they love to run their words all together in one single phrase and it's so i was you know i was trying to follow along with that i think it was it made me exercise a bit more of a different part of my brain than you normally watch, like than you normally use when you're watching movies and subtitles do that. And it's not a bad thing. Like that's not the part that made me angry because yeah, it's a French movie and Juliette Ducournau is a French director. And the actress, I think the actress who plays Justine is primarily a French speaker and doesn't like really even speak that much English. I, I watched a couple interviews after to try to piece together what this movie is about. And there's always a translator hanging out beside her. So I feel like, you know, yeah, well, that's that's probably an Anglo-centric thing of me to be like every movie I watch should be in English and I should have I should get to understand it. So, you know, like that's that's on me. And hopefully this month brings us out of that and I can watch more, watch more foreign stuff. And subtitles aren't bad. I love subtitles. I have subtitles on all <laughs> what the do you time. got against reading, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> I hate reading. It's for nerds. <laughs> uh so if you think anyway, about it, if you think about it, a uh, a foreign movie with subtitles is just an audiobook you can't understand. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's a really good true. point. Very good point. But uh, yes, this movie left me with a lot of questions. This lo- movie left me with a lot of discussion that I want to have with you, and I can't wait to get into it. And yeah, gross. It's, it's a gross, yucky movie about people eating other people. So, Luke, what are your first thoughts? I guess with this movie, all I can really say about it, at least at this point, is I just don't get it. I just don't get the movie. Because this movie is so well produced, so well directed, so like decently acted. The setting is cool. The shots are beautiful. The video quality is quite high. So the production behind it is so top notch for it to just be a movie about eating people. Yet, I don't get what the metaphor could be. I've mm-hmm. thought about it a little bit too, other than like, sometimes when your family has bad things in their life, they pass it on to you. I was like, okay, yes, that's like the most obvious and banal <laughs> metaphor that you could ever ask for in a movie done in thousands of other movies better than this one. <laughs> so, okay. So maybe maybe you'll enlighten me, Billy, talking right. about this. Because at the end of this movie, I was honestly just feeling like this wasn't a bad... This isn't a terrible movie as far as like a technical film sense goes. It's actually quite good, I think. Yeah. It's the content that I just don't understand why it was made. Like I it's well, just well, it's just straight yeah. up eating people. 
It's like, okay. <laughs> so it's a, it's like, it's, but it, it doesn't feel like a movie that's made just to gross me out. You know what I mean? Like there, right, there right, are these right. like be campy. We're just going to throw it all in your face and Literally, make you puke. Yeah. And that's all there is. But because there is kind of so much artistic direction in the cinematography and the style of this film, I was like, well, it's got to be more than that, doesn't it? So I just don't get it. So, well, I mean, that's that's why we're here. That's why we're here to talk about it. We'll go over the pot. We'll give you a little bit more time to chew on the ideas of this movie. And also, yeah. Alex, have you seen, uh, you're talking about coming of age. Have you seen The Kings of Summer? Yeah, I've seen that. That is, the, in my opinion, the best coming of age movie of the, like the last decade. It's so okay. Good. You said last decade. All right, fair. Yeah, and we're doing anyway. I'm just doing that one on full spectrum cinema next time we do it. So it's a great movie. Plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Plug. Yeah. So plug. I was like, oh well, good, good. You've seen it. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Kings Sorry. of Summer. Check that out. Yeah. But we're here to talk about Raw. So yeah, I, I I can understand that point where it's it's very beautiful and very gross at the same time, and that juxtaposition is kind of interesting. But as I'm thinking about it more i watched this on friday so i've only had a couple days to sit with it but the whole premise is this family there's a cannibalistic streak to them and Hmm. they develop this urge to eat people and it's it's i guess some sort of primal drive and the, the women of this family are affected by it we find out at the very end that her mom went through it her sister's going going through it and Justine is going through it. And that's all sort of like, yeah, you uncover yourself at school and you find out different things about her. But I can't get around the idea that if this is something you know about, hiding it from your child for their entire life <laughs> until they're like not like uh, not under your supervision is criminally irresponsible. And is it actually just, like, just triggered by eating a rabbit kidney? Like, is that, like, the actual way it starts? Well, so, I mean... (laughs) So she's, like, vegetarian the whole time, her whole life, right? I think the way I saw that part is, like, it started with the mom, right? And the mom knew that she had this thing, which is that conversation that the dad had with uh, Justine. Yeah, Justine, at the end, was saying, like, your mom was never into me until we had our first kiss. She actually tried to avoid me. So it's, like, mom clearly knew she had a problem, even though maybe she liked dad, but... She didn't want to hurt mm-hmm. dad, so she, like, gave him a cold shoulder she or whatever. She distanced herself, <laughs> yeah, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. But then, like, eventually, like, they came to, and they became a couple, and it shows she that, She stopped like, eating him? Well, yeah, like... <laughs> Continues to eat him, I thought, was the implication. I think it shows, like, when, when the dad shows, like, his scars, yeah. it shows the kind of, like, mom knows what she's capable of, but she shows restraint in the fact that she's not going to kill somebody for it right and the dad is understanding enough where it's like i know you have this problem so it's like i'll give up my body so that you can satisfy your your hunger for human flesh but like obviously he's not dead right so husband of the year husband of the year yeah like (laughs) we don't say that often not not like maybe this is this is all just pure speculation so like mom knows her problem she knows what she's capable of and she doesn't want her daughters to do that. So I think in like whether it's right or wrong, I'm leaning on wrong, just like the two yeah. of you. But it's like it's kind of that really worried parent thing where it's like it's mm-hmm. like if if I know my kid is allergic to peanuts or whatever, I'm just going to like we're never going to have peanuts in the house. 
whatever. Anytime we go out to eat, we're going to be super hard on the waitstaff and, and the cooks or whatever, so that mm-hmm. they're never exposed to any of this. So in a very extreme way, her forcing the whole family to become vegetarian is kind of the way to like, like, I guess the mom's way of kind of hoping to repress all that cannibalistic instinct. But at the end of the day, it's like, right. it's not a learned behavior. It's, it's primal for the girls in this family. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what mom did, whatever her intentions were, they didn't work because that's just the way these girls are wired. Right. So they've been repressed from meat their whole life. As soon as they have it, like it's, I don't know. It's, in a way, it's kind of it, it makes me think like a completely dry household, right? Mm-hmm. Parents never drank, kids were never exposed to any alcohol. You go to college for the first time, you have a drink for the first time. You don't know what you're capable of, what you can control, how much you can consume. You go fucking nuts. Yeah, right. I saw it a little bit like that in in like in a very more twisted way, but the same kind of way that the mom forced the whole family to be vegetarian. Yes, I like that as a metaphor, and I totally get where you're coming from. But I think where like the thing I'm hung up on, and this is sort of, I feel like sometimes Luke, you're the one waving this particular banner. But the like <laughs> you the you wave it, it, Billy. You it, got the banner right now, <laughs> right? The the logic of the, that thing being like it's like yes, it's important. That you, we're a dry household. We don't drink, so you go out and you party it up, and you don't know your limits. Or, yes, you're allergic to peanuts, and so we make sure it's like there's no peanuts around, nothing, nothing, nothing. But in both of those instances, if it so happened that eating a peanut would kill you or drinking would turn you into some kind of weird monster, it would be on the parents to let the children know that, right? Because, like, they don't tell her that, like, hey, listen, Justine. You're you're a teenager now. You've been a vegetarian your whole life. If you ever eat meat, you will go insane and eat humans because we're like cannibals. And they don't tell her that. And then they're just like, okay, have fun at college, sweetheart. Like that is such like that is such a crucial piece of information for her development that she should not have learned the like hardest way possible to learn that. Like, it, you know, it'd be like saying, okay, anyway, I know that you're allergic to peanuts or, or you've never had a peanut in your life. I'm not telling you allergic off. You go to peanut university. Good luck. Right. Like it just seems like it's not tell, like not telling her the, that the inconsistency part. So doesn't, bad, well, yeah. yeah, obviously like, like the parents also they they met at the same vet vet school right so they know the hazing ritual of being poured blood oh on God, and having right? the, eat the kidneys so it's like yeah so that part it's like well you know this is going to happen to your daughters so that right? part doesn't make sense for sure yeah i agree with you yeah you're setting her up for failure you're setting her up for failure uh, the the metaphor though of like losing yourself at college and and going wild and having new experiences and and like breaking out of like what you thought that all came through for me, but it, it did sort of fall down where I was just like, man, somebody should have fucking just told this girl what was up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop giving cryptic um, hints. Just say like, yeah, right. your mom had this, your sister has this, and you probably have this. Because right. like the cryptic hint at, was at the hospital when dad was like, don't have two daughters. <laughs> don't have two daughters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess like sons would be okay. A- and yeah, because like, and we see that Ale- Alexia or Alex, who is her sister, she also has this, but she's a year ahead at school, and she is coping with this by intentionally causing car accidents, like jumping in front of cars so they crash, 
and then just kind of like eating the victim a little bit and then running away before the cops can find her which yeah, she, she's coping with it through murder billy she's coping through it coping with it via murder not a great coping strategy i'll say that loud and proud although yeah, murder's not a great way to cope. although when you do but, crash a car you're left with nothing to steer you are so early on that joke <laughs> <laughs> well depending on the type of cow there was plenty to steer ah, uh, in the eh. in the vet school <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah so i don't know does that does that illuminate any more of the the mystery of this movie for you luke or does that do you buy that as an explanation or what do you what do you think i mean i think all of those things are plausible i just guess my standpoint is i don't find them particularly insightful just mm. like oh yeah you go to college and things change and you have new experiences like i feel like that's like what all college movies are about well that, right? that's, just, that's just a that's just a coming of age movie right like, yeah like, that's true yeah, yeah. coming so of age like, movies aren't particularly deep they're just introspective on how people grow up well yeah but also most of them don't have like disgusting cannibalism well so, yeah and that's, like, that's i think that's the, what makes this most different. of them this, that's what that's makes true, this movie yeah. different well, yeah, yeah, it makes it literally different, right? Like they take they take a very they take a very normal experience of going to college for the first time after being heavily sheltered by your parents. And okay, I'll I'll put it to you this way: I think this movie thinks it's deeper than it seems to me to be. I don't think it's that deep. <laughs> it's definitely not that deep. But I think the movie might think it's deep. So that was what I was kind of like left, sure, arms shrugged, like oh, okay. And this is maybe maybe. Not going to be great evidence for this movie being deeper than it is, but when I wa- I did watch a couple like ending of Raw Explained and like interviews mm. with Julia Ducournau and and she's like a very French director and she's got like <laughs> excuse me she's got a wonderful accent it's very pleasing to listen to but a lot of, and I'm not going to attempt it right now because that would just be embarrassing for everyone but a lot of her interviews were like I don't want to give people an explanation for why the movie is. I want it to make people think Mm. and I want it to make people be confronted and be confused. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, this movie is is pro-vegan and like this is why people should go vegan because meat makes people crazy or this is like a feminist sort of coming of age story or a family drama or like Mm. there's all like there's all these things that people are like. I'm going to stick this onto it. And does that stick the movie? And Juliette Ducournau is like, well, if you think so, then I guess so. Way to go. And so it, on one hand, it's like, it's very mysterious and pretentious and classy and like, oh, oh, yes. Oh, uh, you don't, you, you know, you can, you can blank slate it and whatever you put on it, that's what you think it is. But also it could just be like, I don't know, whatever you say is cool, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you because I don't know it either. And so. I feel like it's an easy way out to just be like, I don't have an answer. <laughs> it's a super big swing, considering how off-putting to my visceral senses the, the film is. You know, like, there's, oh, there are just yeah. so many scenes where I just wanted to walk away. I just, like, <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't have finished this movie if we didn't have to do it for a podcast, because I found it right. so, as you say, repulsive. And when those kind of things happen... I start to have this second order, like, okay, well, what is the payoff? And mm. this movie was hard mm. for me to find what the payoff is, given the level of repulsiveness of the on-screen happenings. Sure. So, yeah, like, I don't know. I guess, like, a kid way to put it is, like, my stomach was queasy. But, like, this movie made me nauseous. And mm. 
I wanted to know why. <laughs> and maybe there is no why. What? And I got rubbered. I got rubbered. I know why this movie made you nauseous. I know why this movie, <laughs> I know why this movie, made, you movie made you nauseous. Oh, yeah? It was a visceral flesh eating. Yes. And that was probably skin, the biggest skin reason. Peeling and oh. waxing and hair, 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 so much hair. Scissoring of finger and <laughs> wet hair. And, and did it not seem like some of the scenes were supposed to be like almost dreamlike? Or yes, surreal, there was, but yeah. there was no mm-hmm. evidence that it was surreal. Like it, it, it was supposed mm-hmm. to. Like it, it, as far as we know, it's all happening in reality. Yeah. But that hair part, I was like, that's not fucking possible. You just can't get that much hair in your mouth, like uh, without uh, feeling it before. Like she's surprised that it's there. So I was like, I, that I, feels like a dreamlike sequence, but it's in the middle of her day. But I think like those conditions can be. Those 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 cases can be that bad. I think it's maybe an extreme. I like I like horror movies always go to the extreme, but I think there has been like things where people like in a trance or they don't know what they're doing. Where there's I I don't know the medical term for it, but like mm. eating hair and eating things that aren't food is a condition that some people can have, and it's like a compulsion that they can't stop and they can't like that much though. Could you have notice. that much hair in your body and not know? I don't like in your you mouth. Know, the human body is a nightmare, and so maybe, but it was like this much. Oh God, stop it! <laughs> the just the the the, the dreamlike sequences were weird. Like there's a bunch of scenes of like horses just like running on treadmills or chained up, and I was like, okay, so she's fettered by something she's running in place like what she i was like i'm trying to find a metaphor for like what does a horse running in place mean <laughs> and it's just like they work they're they're vets they're mm. at vet school so yeah it was just like a lot of symbolism where i was like okay this means something i don't know what it means mm-hmm. but it means something and then when i looked at it they're like you type in like what does it mean the answers are all like it means what you think it means mm. or what you wish it meant or what it could mean. And you're like, thank you. Very helpful. Internet. Very <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Great. Okay. Yeah. It's like the most banal yeah. self-help movie. <laughs> it's going to be what you need it to be. <laughs> it's for people to like smoke cigarettes and talk about and be like, oh yes, I watched mm. a French movie. Mm. Okay. But I, I, that being said, I still liked it. Like I still thought it was like, beautiful and tragic and interesting. I think what made it like especially gross and scary was the fact mm. that there's no external factors in this movie compared to anything else we've ever seen, right? What do you mean? There's mm. no there's no there's no demons, there's no zombies, there's sure, no sure. as far as I'm aware, there's no like supernatural supernatural bit. there's there's right. probably not even obviously there is, but like there's not like a this family suffers from mental health, and that's why they eat can like they eat humans. It's like no, they just like they're primed to do it, like it's it's in their DNA, right? And it's mm. so very like simple and and easily explained that there's no like that when you look when you have to face this movie and look at it and analyze it, it's like these are just regular humans that are yeah, eating okay. and they're they're not being controlled to do it they're not being forced to do it they're just doing it and mm-hmm. that's what makes all those other scenes so gross because like i, I feel like we've we, we've seen zombie movies where like a zombie's like chewing on an arm or something or something like that 
And I'm, like I, I give it no neck, like next to no thought. I'm like, oh, that's like a little gross, but I don't think about it anymore. But like, it's because like that zombie is so discon, dislike. What's the word I'm looking for? Disconnected. Disconnected from me as a human being. But right. then when I see Justine sitting on that dorm floor picking up Alex's finger and nibbling it. Ugh. That's no different than if, like, I'm fucking sitting there eating a bag of chips, right? Like, it's so eerily similar, but so gross. You always do different. have chip blood all over your chin. Right? Like, okay, like, maybe some carrots and ranch, and there's yeah. some crunching going on, but, like, do you know what I mean? It's so... Yes, exactly. It's like, so like us, but it's so mm-hmm. far from what we would do that makes it that scary. The fact that there's not an external force compelling these people to be cannibalism, be, be cannibalism, be cannibals is like, oh, this is just happening to like a regular human being and I'm a regular human mm. being. So maybe it could happen to me, too. And that's a little bit scarier because you're right. Like in zombie movies, you're like, well, I would simply just not get bitten <laughs> by a zombie and then I won't be a zombie. Or I would I would not tempt a supernatural demon to possess me and I will be fine. And look at these idiots for <laughs> You know, tempting a demon. You deserve it, you idiots. And not knocking stuff off an altar. That's the whole yeah, right. Oh, you're right. <laughs> the whole time this movie, I just kept yelling, why? 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 No. Well, and, and then that's the thing, right? It's so simple, right? Which yeah. is what makes it so much grosser. Yeah. Like, so Stop gross. It. Stop and doing that. The, the effects and the prosthetics were... Oh, they were like grotesque and uh, dare I say it, Cronenbergian. Mm. <laughs> I can say that now because I have a film podcast. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, just, and like I thought that the gross parts were just going to be cannibalism things. But like when she's like when she eats that rabbit kidney raw as part of the hazing. Again, I want to get to the hazing later. <laughs> but when she's that run, then she breaks out in that rash that's all over her body. And she's at the doctor's office. And they're just like, there's like these close up shots of peeling this like skin off. Like it's a really bad sunburn. It was so just like, fucking oh, gross. oh. <sighs> Ooh, why? Why? Right. You could just feel how itchy that would be and how uncomfortable that would be. And you felt like so bad. I just felt so bad for her in that scene. And it was just like, oh, so like that just makes makes your skin crawl and disease and and rashes and stuff is just like uh, unpleasant to look at and so even if you can go in knowing like raw is a movie about a girl who starts eating people and then you're not prepared for the other types of grossness that are happening like i mentioned before the trailer there's a scene where her sister is doing some vet stuff on a cow and she's shoulder deep in this cow's butthole and just like you know, she's got a glove on, but you see everything. You see, like, poop coming out, and it's just like, ah, oh, I wasn't expecting to see this. This is gross. This is gross. Like, this is, this is yuck. This is, ugh. And just, like, it's so un- it's so unpleasant. Just even, like, even, like, the scene of her at the start when she she's at the fridge in the middle of the night, and she's just eating raw chicken. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, stuff I like wanted that. to look at what that was, like, what, what the actual prop she was eating was, because... I hope it, I, maybe it's raw, raw chicken, chicken, you know. Can't have been raw chicken. Big advocate for salmonella. <laughs> right. Like, just take one bite, don't swallow it, spit it out, gargle with his mouthwash. Okay, we got it. <laughs> like, uh, ugh, so gross. Although I have to say, I think the best character in this movie for me was the doctor she goes to see, because <laughs> she was the only one that seemed like she was caring and kind and listened to her and wasn't judgmental and, <laughs> and like, still they, lit they up they a cigarette that... in the middle of her office <laughs> it is france it is france 
look it you know what smoked it smoked right in that or <laughs> and just the like the story she told about how there was the obese girl who came in and like every other doctor was like well we can't possibly give you an injection because your arms are too fat and it was just like this doctor showed a human side and i was like oh i really hope nothing bad happens to this doctor and i was glad that you know we didn't find her <laughs> eaten later but it was just, I don't know, it was like a nice oasis of like, oh, someone is being nice to Justine. <laughs> and she hasn't had anyone be nice to her this whole movie so far. And I really want, I want more of that for her because she needed it. <laughs> hmm. It's true. Yeah. Okay. So hazing, the hazing of this ritual. First of all, before we get into the, the, the hazing stuff, how many vets a year does this university turn out? Because it seems like a ton. <laughs> Like, is there that much of a demand for veterinary services in <laughs> in France slash Belgium? Uh, it seemed like a big class size. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of cows in the world that need arms up their butts. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Maybe I don't understand, like, how big veterinary school is, but I don't know. Feels like you got maybe, like, two well, vets in every city. France is a big country. I don't know. That's true. I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't know. If it's, like, the only school it's... in the country, then... I feel like there's a lot of vets in the world, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Because, like, even, even like, the vet just down the street from me, there's, like, three doctors that work there. Oh, right. It's not like one, a vet just runs one practice and they're the only one who does it. Yeah, and then there's there's a ton of vet places. Well, you in think of city. how many people uh, have animals in their life. Uh, like, it's a huge market. Not not just farm animals, but, like, pets, right? Yeah, so. and there's domestic vets. There's probably, yeah, uh, industrial vets. There's breeding vets, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a huge... Mm. Probably research vets. Okay, all right, all right. I'll, I, I retract my <laughs> quibble. <laughs> this this movie makes perfect sense. <laughs> it, it was it was odd. It, it's it's a big specific vet school that like you don't really yeah. think about. You're, it's but the more you think about, it, it's like I guess it makes sense. Especially yeah, okay. if this is like a specifically like I'm guessing this is a very well renowned vet school. It seems prestigious. There's a legacy behind it, and obviously her family has a legacy. We see some. Some interaction she has with her professors where he's, you know, kind of against her, where it's like, you're here, but I don't care that you're a star pupil. Yeah. I don't care that your sister's a star pupil. I actually like you less because you're smart. (laughs) Yeah. I wish that you did worse so that somebody who was dumber could do better. And it was just like, whoa, dude, why the like? (laughs) I actually actually felt so much like it was like a flashback to my my childhood there. Oh, tell us. I, I'm the younger of two siblings. I have an older sister, and uh, she was like always a star student, like got great grades. And then she she'd leave the school as I would enter it. So then all the all the teachers would look at the attendance sheet. It's like, oh, are you are you Stephanie's brother? I'm like, yeah. Mm. And then because she was so good, there was always such a high expectation mm. for me, and I was definitely not as good. <laughs> so it's like I think I, I was like kind of the disappointment. So yeah, like when. Yeah. When Justine like hands in her test because she's so confident and because I guess she's got all these expectations because not only her older sister, but her parents were also at the school and then <laughs> she gets one wrong. It's like I, I could I definitely was able to relate to that kind of academic pressure she, you face when you have family members that came before you in the same kind of mm, environment. Sure. I guess maybe I don't I don't understand it because I was I was the I, well, I am the older sibling and I was always a worse student. So <laughs> I, I didn't leave. I didn't leave a big a big legacy for my sister to come in and like have to live up to. So hey, you're welcome. <laughs> nice thing about a low bar, easy to get over. Exactly. 
Setting low bar since 85. That's nice. me, baby. <laughs> okay, but the hazing of it all. The hazing, the hazing, the hazing. What do we make of those scenes? Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts around hazing and like the stuff in this movie in particular? Uh, hazing is fucking stupid, and it should be just something that is never, ever done anymore. I don't care about tradition or bringing camaraderie together. There's better ways to do that that don't... Do an escape room. That's fun. No one gets hurt. Get to know somebody. <laughs> Talk to them. Like, yeah. I feel like trying to bond people through trauma, That that's not good. Don't do that. That fucking sucks. So hazing, I, I fucking hate hazing. So I'm, I'm super against hazing, period. <laughs> and we um, don't care who knows. I don't care who knows. <laughs> Did you uh, have any instances where you were hazed or had an opportunity to be part of a hazing thing? No. Like anything like that? No. no. Maybe that's the, the environment I was raised in because like right. I am who I am and I was never hazed and I never had to haze anybody. There was, um, my high school did initiations. They probably don't do it anymore because, you know, time yeah. has gone on. This would have been like the early and mid 2000s. And so, yeah, like all the, at the end of the school year, all the guy, all the students going into grade 12 the next year would initiate all the students going into grade 10. And it was like, some of it was pretty mean, I thought. It was like, okay, you got to streak the beach naked in the middle of the day kind of thing. Or like, I remember one guy got hit with a fish a bunch. It's like, shit like that. What the fuck? <laughs> like, hazing is just like an excuse to be an asshole, right? Right. Like, you are in a position of subs- Dominance, subservience yeah. Yeah. or submissiveness, and I have power yeah. over you. Yeah. And when I was in your shoes, I didn't have power. Yeah. And in its rawest form. Yeah. Like... I will tell you to go do something that either humiliates or injures you. And you have to do it because otherwise I will do that more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I have like a complicated history with hazing. Cause I was in like, I was in marching band for so long and they used to do like some hazing things. And by the time I was in band, it was like 2000, early two thousands. It had calmed down a lot from like, the peak and it feels like that hazing is just always a diminishing returns type of thing because Mm -hmm. unless you have somebody who's like particularly vindictive who's like i'm gonna fucking pass down exactly as much trauma plus five percent more to the next generation Mm -hmm. that like i feel like it it is a it dies it dies out on its own but like when i was in band when i was a frosh as they called it like we had to change in a specific part of the dressing room and it was like smaller and the people who had seniority had bigger changing cubicles or whatever Mm. and like we got our house toilet papered one night for stampede week and that was like i wasn't ever physically injured as a result of it so i didn't think really anything of it but it's it's kind it's kind of a fucked up thing to be like hey welcome welcome we're gonna throw toilet paper all over your house and look did i participate when i was old enough and i could toilet paper other people's houses yes i went <laughs> along with it i don't feel great about it now but like i i did it i did the things and the mob mentality is kind of like scary when you're just like oh wait like that's not a rational thing to do but like everybody was doing it so you do it and like just the, the farther away i get from it the more i'm like mm, that was probably a bad choice Shouldn't have done that. Wish I didn't. Wish I could go back and not have done it. Because, like, for what? Like, now oh, now you're part of the team. Now you're, now we're all comrades. Now we're all friends. Like, you can just make friends with people. You don't have to be like, let me torture you until you're crying. And now we're friends. Like, so. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Did you have any hazing stuff in university? Because I know you lived on Raz. Um, like, I guess a little. Not as obvious in my memory. It was often a lot of it just involved alcohol. Like, here, you have to drink this or you have to drink right now. That kind of thing. But even by the time I was in university, it was starting to be quite frowned on slash like didn't have the same peer support that it probably used to have. Yeah, because it's basically psychopathic behavior. And I think by the time I was in university, there were just less appetites for psychopaths. Yeah, well, it feels like, I don't know, kind of intergenerational trauma writ small, Mm. where it's like, this happened to me and was bad. And I hated it. And I could break the cycle. But also, I will feel better if I make the next person suffer because, like, I had to suffer, so they have to suffer. Like, that whole idea of, like, I had to go through it, so you have to go through it runs so counter to my sort of modus operandi as a person. Maybe that's the parents' way of hazing their kids. (laughs) We're not going to tell you about your cannibalistic, you know, instincts because we're going to be hazing nobody told us about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, probably the actual thing that I wouldn't call it horror or scary exactly, but just like the indifference of the people around and the people in authority around this to this yes, like unbelievably yeah. psychopathic behavior <laughs> by just the shittiest people at the school who's doing it all. And right. I guess I would count Alex as one of them. Like, she's pretty shitty to justine throughout a lot of the movie and i'm just like it's not yeah it's not okay to just here's here's it's funny like i know that this is a little far afield but in summer camps right now i'll talk to some kids who are just not as developed in their like awareness of other people yet and they'll they'll just be like i want this i want to do this i want this because i'm me i get to do this because i'm me and you don't get to stop me because you're not me like it's just like that <laughs> level of solipsism and self desire, and but like never aged out of never you. aged like, out of where it's like, like yeah. some of these hazing people they're just like I get to abuse you because I'm me and you're not and full stop and it's like okay yeah. how, let's let's scale that yeah. let's try and scale that attitude that's called you know the Hobbesian war of all against all <laughs> where it's just gonna be warlords. <laughs> well, Right. And that's the thing, like the people who want to do the hazing, the people that are like, okay with being hazed and want to do the hazing, stick it out. The people who are like, hey, this fucking sucks. Leave the school so that the the core class of seniors that like hasn't dropped out are more likely to be the people who are okay with perpetrating violence down the line. And that like, you know, <laughs> yeah, but just, I couldn't, it just sucks because, yeah, I couldn't believe the lack of discipline that any like. <laughs> They're breaking the single teacher at that whole school. They're breaking the law. Like they're like stealing their stuff. They're abusing them. Like this is making them crawl like in their underwear across fields and stuff. Yeah, like that's there's got to be laws that that's breaking in France. I don't think they're that libertarian. I just hated like one of the most disgusting parts of this movie, aside from all the like people eating, was just how gross all their lab coats looked yeah. like after like they take the class photo and they get like doused in a bunch of animal blood. And then for the rest of the movie, they're in these fucking filthy stains. <laughs> they don't clean them ever. Disgusting. <laughs> like like they've clearly been washed 
but they're like it's so like they're pink and they're orange and like the blood is oxidizing on them and it just looks uncomfortable and you're just like oh fucking why this school sucks and i would like i would have not made it like if they're like eat this kidney or you'll be a loser i'd be like cool i'm a loser i guess like <laughs> fuck you yeah <laughs> but like also the, the sort of like sway of the people in power being like well if you don't eat this then like your life will well, be even more miserable and that like sort of it, weighing of future pain it's like you said it's like mob behavior but it's also just cultish yeah. behavior right yeah like the yeah. three of us are probably pretty accustomed to culture stuff so <laughs> we can understand you gotta buy in you gotta buy in or you're out <laughs> and and like yeah it's a cult right it's like you have to do this because we all do this they'll see like it's it's all image based you know yeah. this is what we do right and if you don't do that you're in the out group and yeah cults hermetically seal themselves from criticism by lashing out at anyone who does and making it just not worth it yeah which is why yeah, you like would need a strong authority figure doing it you're, you're like or you need to be able to like reach a critical limit of people in the cult like folding their arms and saying nope which is always, you know, like, that's kind of what a revolution is. Right? Like, they talk about people, you know, the bystander effect of, like, if you see somebody being harassed or something, 80% of people won't mm-hmm. intervene because the assumption is that somebody else will. And so, like, it takes, yeah, it takes somebody to take that first step and to intervene and say, mm-hmm. like, hey, fucking knock all this stuff oh, that's, off. This is stupid. Yeah, that's and the heart of the Emperor's New Clothes movie. parable. Yeah, right, right. So, <laughs> but that outfit looked good on him. He looked great in that. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody agreed. <laughs> if he, if the emperor showed up in this movie, he would be dinner, showing all that flesh. But I mean, he had unlimited power, so right, he was fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the yeah, you're, you the, the fact that there's no teachers anywhere that are willing to stop it gives me the impression that like all of the people who work at this school and who teach at this school also went through it and so are like well yeah that's just mm-hmm. what you do that's what first years have to do they got to have their beds stolen and shoved out their windows and then they have to be like berated across a lawn <laughs> or, in their underwear and then you're at a party fun right or or turn a <laughs> corner or open a door and get like a massive pail of paint thrown at you right in the oh. face then you got to yeah. go make out with somebody until you're green it's like yeah. learning their primary colors <laughs> jesus don't come out till you're both green yeah that was that was a, a gross scene where she's in blue paint and he and this random guy like a, a random person that's not consensual like that's horrifying and they have to go into a closet and then of course she bites his lip off or bites him a little bit yeah and everyone's like why just why are you being so weird justine like why are you like letting us abuse you <laughs> you should be cooler you should be more chill and it's like uh yeah. i hate it <laughs> you're dumb and you're dumb and you're dumb and i fucking hate dumb. all of you <laughs> yeah uh what did you two think about adrian the roommate the gay mm-hmm. roommate yeah I liked him as a character i liked him i liked character. him as a character yeah. too i thought he was i thought he was funny yeah what what i liked about adrian was like it's so easy in media to write in a gay roommate and have all the tropes he wasn't tropey no he wasn't and, yeah he and was just like a regular gay person yeah like and he wasn't a stereotype gay person. yeah and and i think i actually found him to be like si- similarly compassionate to how the doctor was towards justine 
and like not not perfect obviously like he's going through his own shit he's a student as well he's clearly not as good at school as at at vet school as justine is and but like Mm -hmm. he it seemed like he actually cared about just justine's well-being and and wanted to like make sure she was okay and like you know like just the scene of him realizing like when she stole the burger in the cafeteria line it's like okay like you want to eat meat but you don't want people to know that you're eating meat so let's Mm -hmm. go out of town or let's go off campus and get something and like i i just i was like you're adrian you're a good friend (laughs) i thought he was a good friend yeah i think the the decision to make him gay was interesting because we got to see that you know he yeah he wasn't like a stereotypical gay character in a movie he was like doing all the things but then he ends up like sleeping with justine and i couldn't really figure out like why like she was she seemed to be like part of her awakening she she got a little bit like horny about it i guess and i guess eventually he just sort of gave in but it was just like why like why have her have a a gay roommate if she's gonna sleep with him when bi people exist like why couldn't you just have made him or pansexual or something like <laughs> I, I don't know this shows how much of a good friend adrian was you know it's like, <laughs> like right. i'm gay but okay i guess i'll take your virginity <laughs> well he struggled with that right he struggled with he that did, in the yeah. movie so i think mm-hmm. i think probably it's that that whole scene on his end was to eliminate maybe still some of his lingering uncertainty and like yeah, maybe maybe, yeah, he's, maybe like, he's more gay than straight but not he, totally gay was. right like and yeah if you would maybe or, or we like can say bisexual li- we can say bisexual a little bit bi <laughs> i don't know like yeah. maybe this is a potentially a controversial subject so i don't i don't need to wait it too far but maybe there's a spectrum of bisexuality as well right so there absolutely is know. no there absolutely is like and and there's not like one you know bi erasure is a thing in in a lot of properties where it's like oh, if, if you're bi but you're dating somebody who's the same sex then no you're just gay or lesbian or mm. if you're, you're bi but you're dating somebody who's the opposite sex then well you i guess you were straight all along and it's like you can be in mm-hmm. a straight appearing relationship and not be straight like that is a thing that can happen and does happen and i know several people who are in situations like that and it's like yeah like but Maybe, yeah, maybe he was like, well, maybe, maybe I'm not as gay as I thought. And so it was like, oh, no, actually, yucky. No, thank you. I well, and I want he to be all the way. I gay. mean, <laughs> he had a good relationship with Justine. Like it was he did. He yeah. was her only friend, really. And so I think he had a fondness for her. And the and it the, didn't seem like it was I, disingenuous. No. And yeah. so like, maybe I, I never thought he was taking advantage of her or making her feel bad or yeah. like setting her up for failure i just thought he was and like, it wouldn't be the yeah. first time in a story where kind of like filial not filial that's parent child like the kind of i guess platonic love bleeds over into erotic yeah. love right like that mm-hmm. that has yeah. happened that happens <laughs> that does happen but yeah and then so adrian sorry you you got eaten by the end of it which was sad do do we think that Justine partook or it was all Alex? I think it was all Alex. And I think, think it was Alex. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like Justine wouldn't I think do that to Alex Adrian. was jealous of the the friendship that friendship slash Romance. intimacy that <laughs> Justine had with, with Adrian. And that's mm-hmm. why she chose him to be a target. Right. I don't know. 
that that whole part was a little bit weird, but yeah, I guess so... you kind of need like the the way I saw that was like there were levels to cannibalism to the extent <laughs> of what the extent no, no, of where I what you mean. That's just each funny. three of those uh, cannibalism is on a spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, there's like it, it, okay, like the way that I saw this movie, I I, I compared it very much to the Twilight vampires. Okay. Okay. Go on. Like the the Collins, they just drank animal blood, right? And then right. there were the uh, the hardcore vampires. They actually hunted humans and they killed right. humans to drink their. Did blood. they have red eyes? They had the red eyes, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Uh, I never watched Twilight. Should the, we watch the, Twilight the, for this? The Volturi? Show? I don't know. <laughs> the beach scene in Twilight: Breaking Dawn Part One. My God. Whew. All right. Scariest part of the movie. <laughs> Anyways, like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it, this movie was trying to show a huge like the big contrast between the way that alex is going to deal with her cannibalism the way their mom dealt with it and then the way justine deals with it right Mm -hmm. like we know that alex is willing to essentially kill people in order to satisfy her hunger Mm -hmm. i don't think mom has killed people because dad is the she's she's got dad snacks she's been nomin on dad for all these years and then i think that came and then when 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 Justine saw that Alex had killed Adrian and ate his leg, that was the crossroads of where she, like the kind of cannibal she was going to be, right? Right. Because Al, like this is the first time Alex has been caught, and because right, she, clearly yeah. she's in prison now, she turned her in. Like yep. it, I think it's pretty pretty well implied that Justine was the one that turned Alex in. And Definitely. Yeah. So it's like Justine chose decided. This is not the kind of cannibal that I'm going to be. And mm-hmm. even though she's got all these urges to eat meat, I felt that her love and care towards Adrian as a friend overpowered her urge to eat him. Because he's there. He's dead already. She could have been eating him too, but she chose not to, right? Mm-hmm. But then at the same okay. time, she realizes it's not. It's actually not Alex's fault because she understands what she's going through. Like the cravings, like that scene where she's right. like just like going through withdrawal symptoms while she's sleeping yeah where she's under the bed and she's like writhing around that was very upsetting yeah and then like so you can see that justine's really upset with alex with it at first when she finds the ski pole but then she comes to understand like she's like okay like i can't control it you can't control it let's go clean you off and then i'll turn you in yeah (laughs) we're not going to the place with you all covered in blood and dirty yeah so like (laughs) as gross like once again, as gross as everything was, like the choices that Justine made mm-hmm. in this movie, it's like a very classic coming of age, right? You're you're given all these factors, you're growing up, you have learned behavior, you have instinct. She chose her own path of cannibalism. Right, yeah. I don't know. As a as a yeah, like as a young cannibal can I keep saying a young cannibalist, but that's cannibal is the word. As yeah, she's got to find her own way and and figure out what she does, and maybe the sequel she meets Hannibal Lecter, and mm. you know they they figure out a way to get along. But I, I so my question is then, and maybe this doesn't matter. Maybe it's immaterial to the plot of the movie. But do you think that like she could, you know, she's strictly vegetarian until she tastes meat, like. And once she adds human meat, do you think like she can de-escalate back down to just like regular animal meat, and maybe she just has like a carnivorous diet, or is she like, nah, I gotta eat raw human meat all the time, or even just like you know raw raw animal meat? Like, what if she just like 
bought chicken breast and was just like, this is my snack now. Yum, yum, yum. Like, do you think that's a possibility for her? I mean, I, I sure hope Gotta so. Gotta be people. Yeah. I, I mean, like, this whole movie, I was rooting for Justine, not to, like, kill and eat people, but for her to figure out her shit and figure <laughs> out how she's going to deal with this. So it's like, the director said, it's up to you to speculate on how you want and what you think and understand about this movie. And that's that's what I hope for, for Justine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope that she can figure it out. I hope that she can find a way, a third path to her cannibalism so that she's not. Yeah, maybe she just like, has to listen to Cannibal Corpse all day and that'll satiate Yeah, her. or Find Young Cannibals. Is that a band? I think that's a band. Sure. Is it? No, I don't know. I don't know. Luke, you're the music guy. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> sounds familiar, right? I mean, it, the question kind of, it's hard to answer and it falls a little flat for me because the analogy that we're trying to draw from this is based on cannibalism, which is like completely unrelatable to probably most, I hope most people, right? Like yeah. the, the base fact of the film. I mean, we haven't really said this, I, I almost cause it seems too obvious to say, but like we don't eat people. So people who do eat people are, not in my sphere of what I am thinking about. So No, right. totally, totally, Luke. Like it's it's not supposed to be relatable, but I think what makes this to be relatable is that the cannibalism is blended in with all this other stuff that is relatable. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living on your own, trying to find yourself, making friends, learning about your sexuality. Yeah experimenting with drugs and alcohol yeah experimenting with drugs and alcohol um you know yeah well then i guess my question with the expectations of family and uh expectations of strangers my question is for the director then or the writer it's like all Mm -hmm. of that stuff is good why did you add the cannibalist part like that's that's just to sensationalize it not right (laughs) just to sensationalize the movie more like that feels like a little bit of a ploy well, I mean, and a ploy that is effective, but I actually, in one of the interviews I did watch with her, she's she mentioned that uh, she saw that there are three big taboos that she's you know seen on film, and it was like number one was murder, number two was incest, and number three was cannibalism. And like we see shows about murder all the time, we see like Game of Thrones is a great example of a show that has incest all over the place. And the third one, like cannibalism, is still the one that people like, like recoil the most to in, in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like the scenes of incest in Game of Thrones are gross and we're like, oh, don't, Jamie, that's your sister. Don't do that. And like, that's upsetting. But it doesn't, it feels like it doesn't elicit the same reaction or it should elicit the similar reaction to like cannibalism. And we just don't see cannibalism represent, represented as much on film and i think that's what she was just going for she's like well i'm just gonna do the third of the big taboo i would submit that cannibalism is much more than just a taboo like i don't know like (laughs) even murder maybe i don't have the right definition of taboo yeah taboo to i mean this could just be a semantic thing but to me a taboo is like more than zero but not like a major infraction in the world kind of thing like it could be a taboo to say jesus christ or something like that like that's a taboo right Luke, this is a Christian podcast. Please, oh my God, Jesus, we're sorry. To eat somebody is like, (laughs) again, it's either. I mean, Christians love eating Jesus. It's like psychopathic, (laughs) or 
Yeah. It's no, so it. on the face of maybe, it. Bad. Maybe the translation of your interview was just using taboo, but <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I, I think I. Yeah, yeah. This maybe. is a semantic yeah. thing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. And it's just like maybe there was a different word. But okay, but here, let's think of I'll leave incest to the side, but like murder, at least with murder. It's good of you. Why can't you bring it to the front? <laughs> murder is like the end. Yeah. Murder is like the end of like disliking someone, right? It, if you think of the continuum of someone you don't like, you like the end station is murder. And that is, you know, you don't go there. But like, I think most people have had impulses of like wanting to hit someone they don't like or just like do something physically negative to a person because they're being obnoxious or stupid or whatever, right? Like how satisfying it would be to just smack you right now. And we all kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's not the most uh, proud part about being a person, but I think most people can relate to that motif. <laughs> but with cannibalism, I don't I don't even know what motif I'm supposed to relate to with cannibal- sure, cannibalism. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like I just, there, what's the spectrum of cannibalism? I guess like eating animals, but... I don't know. It just feels categorically different to eat a cow versus a yeah. human, especially when they're like still alive. Right. Like I don't even that's part of it, too. Like I don't just go up to an alive cow and chew on it. <laughs> they're like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> you know, like that's also part of it is that they're just like biting people while they're there. Yeah. To, I don't know. Like it's it's just there's there is a difference between like, yeah, she's got to eat raw meat, but nothing about eating alive meat like that's. That's also a, a different thing. So maybe yeah. this is the question that a director could ask me from this film. It's like, okay, if I were stranded on a desert island and there was a dead person, would I eat them to stay alive? And like that, in that singular and rare case, I'm maybe trapped in my own argument here of it being unrelatable. Right. But like that aside, I don't, I don't understand. Like I think this movie would have been better without the cannibalism. <laughs> like I think all of the things what that What would you have I think, substituted for the cannibal? Well, I think all of the all of the hazing and dysfunctional relationship things could have been written in with more plausible f- reasons for those dysfunctions and you just mm-hmm. have a very like kind of tense coming of age film as has been alluded to, right? Cuz all of the yeah. non-cannibalistic things are actually really interesting or or at least thematically on point. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, again, I feel like the cannibalism is superfluous to all of the things of this movie that are good. So I just don't, again, I'm left saying, why? Why are they eating people? <laughs> and maybe it is just a sensationalizing thing of like, hey, check it out. It's a horror movie. Come see my horror movie. <laughs> Come for the and, cannibalism. Stay for the thoughtful coming of age motifs. Right. <laughs> I, I alluded to this joke answer about what I thought the worst part of this movie is. And I'll say it now. It's that. The number of people that wore socks to bed in this movie. Just <laughs> mm, unacceptable. Untakeable. <laughs> sometimes it's cold, Billy. No, do you wear socks to bed sometimes, Alex? I do when I'm sick and when okay. it's fucking minus 30 out. Yeah. All right. But do you like it? Would you rather like not? No, like I, I wear socks like way less, like mm-hmm. like maybe twice a year to bed. But right. it's not like a okay. thing where it's like, oh my god, I can't believe you wear socks to bed. Ugh. I don't. I don't like it's... wearing socks as much as, like as much as possible. I'd rather not have socks on. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a sensational thing. To to me, people that wear socks to bed is like people that. That's a taboo. Okay, no, no. You know what's a taboo? <laughs> people that wear their shoes in their house. That's a taboo. <laughs> <laughs> shoes inside. What are you doing? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll take the people that wear socks to bed any day over people that wear shoes All in right. the house. Luke, where do you come down on the great socks in bed debate? <laughs> I I I just love that taboo said backwards is ooh bad. I think that that's just perfect. <laughs> Way to avoid the question, Luke. Way to avoid I, the question. I, uh, I don't discriminate. <laughs> I sometimes wear socks to bed. Okay. I sometimes don't. I don't think oh, I, I, I don't feel better it. or worse for doing it. All right. <laughs> it's going to really strain our friendship, but that's okay. Sometimes people got real comfy socks, you know? <laughs> Sometimes I don't even notice yeah, it. I just go to bed and wear in socks, you know? Okay. I'll take off my wow. socks like 99.9% of the time, but there, there are times right. where if I wear socks to bed and I wake up with socks on, uh. I'm not like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Speaking of taking uh, off clothes, there was one thing I liked about this movie. Well, not one, but one I noticed. I really appreciated the casual, tasteful boob in this movie. There was some very just a little bit of there tasteful was a lot of tasteful boob, yeah. boob in this movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't th- that wasn't it, sensationalized, Luke, but it was this there. is a French movie. Yes, yeah. The boob was treated as just another kind of body part that sometimes is shown when you have mm-hmm. people on screen, right? Yeah. Or when they're all at that party where at the very end and. Uh, not the very end, but like at the very first yeah. night of hazing and everyone's sort of going topless. It's like, yeah, yeah, just it's hot. Everybody wants to be topless. Like, who cares? Who cares what your nipples look like? Party, party on. That's this kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, the the sort of like depiction of bodies in this movie was different. And like, I think... The the scene that sort of, I don't know, maybe it was the most visceral, but the scene where, like, her sister is forcing her to, to wax her pubic area <laughs> and, like, wax her armpits was very confronting mm-hmm. and very, you know, in terms of our, if, we, if we're looking at this through the coming of age lens, you know, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe my, like, nerdy little sister still does X, Y, and Z and she's not going to fit in. And so, like, Alex wants to help her, but I don't have... A super close relationship with my sister and you know i feel like it would be a lot of bridges to get to the part where it was like <laughs> mutual waxing and that was just such an uncomfortable scene when it was like the wax was stuck to her leg and she was i was like oh no they're gonna pull off a whole big strip of skin it's gonna be gross but it just ended up like oh, sorry lost no i'm thinking about this movie again it makes me nauseous finger again. chopped right off <laughs> why did you have to bring that scene up billy <laughs> well because it was gross and confronting i know and i I hated it yeah the poor dog that poor dog poor quickie yeah talk about a scapegoat put down scape dog dog. but like that scene where she's where she like she has the finger and like the the blood is kind of dripping out of it like i i actually really like that act well that bit of acting where she's got it in her hand and she like loses control for a second and licks the blood off her hand and then you just see this look of like oh shit what the fuck did i do i thought that she played that very well and then just sort of gremlin hold up in the corner chewing on a finger like lance preston in grave encounters (laughs) on his little rat snack there you go now i made alex think about a scene he didn't like in the Mm. movie (laughs) yum yeah i don't know i thought it was a great bit of physical acting if it was unsettling and gross. For sure. Yeah, and then I think the the thing that confused me the most about this movie was the whole Alex dragging drunk Justine to the morgue mm. and then like dangling the cadaver in front of her and trying to get her to bite it. And then that was just like 
that was the weirdest part of the movie because it seemed like they had a good relationship and she's or a psychopath. They didn't have a, they, yeah, they didn't have a good relationship, but then they were trying to fix it, and then maybe she's feeling resentful because Justine ate her finger. But yeah, I guess that that would make sense, Luke. She's a psychopath. Like, uh, just, well, I, she's nuts. Yeah, she needed it's help. Absolutely, she needed help uh, way before she got arrested for killing. Yeah, Adrian. Absolute mental health, mental health crisis for sure. But I also like. I think that if if we look at it again through this sort of coming of age movie lens, I can see being resentful of somebody who is maybe doing better than you, who's younger than you, or maybe Alex sees that justine hasn't given in or she's held out longer than alex because we never really see how alex's first year at the school went and maybe alex succumbed right away and the fact that justine hasn't gone the same way isn't doing it in the same way as a source of you know jealousy and envy oh you think you think you're better than me yeah you think you're better than me well i'm gonna get you real drunk and like film you trying to bite this cadaver at the morgue and then at that point, it was the point that l- looked the most like a zombie movie. Like, the way her makeup was, the way she was, like, so feral and, like, gnashing her teeth. And It was a found footage like, film because it was filmed it was, on a cell yeah. phone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, I think just being jealous of your younger sibling doing better than you, like, maybe that is the metaphor. But, again, just, like, so, so broad and then, like, painted over with cannibalism. <laughs> like, and then the cherry on top is eating people. Eating I'm glad people. she didn't eat. Like, there wasn't footage of her, like, eating that corpse, because that would have been real upsetting. Mm-hmm. It was already real upsetting. <laughs> yeah. So, have we got final thoughts? Anything else you want to leave in, Luke? Last <laughs> last chance? Mm. I still... I get the movie. I don't get the cannibalism part of the movie. Yeah. So, I guess I've... You've half solved my problem. <laughs> oh, there we go. But that's good enough. Good enough for a Sunday. That's all we have that I'm willing to put in. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like fundamentally, you need to talk about the shit in your life with your kids. And if they're going to be sent out to school with this sort of big, deep, dark secret of your family, that's bad parenting. It's bad parenting not to tell them that, like, hey, if you ever eat meat, you will turn into a cannibal. Like, it's just bad parenting. And the fact that the dad is like, well, anyway, to stop your mother, she peels a bit of me off every once in a while and goes to town, and that's just what you do for love. And I'm like, buddy, no, you can do better. No, that's a deal breaker. You can, you can. That's a deal breaker. Like, I'm I, maybe okay. he's into it. When you said maybe he's into, maybe it. He's into it. When maybe you said, do you want me to eat you out? I was I totally misinterpreted that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I meant I want to eat a part of you outside. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. no. Oh jeez. Like oh, semantics again. Just, semantics are important. <laughs> right? And like the fact that this has been kept secret for their whole teenage year is just like all, their whole life is just like oh they never went to a beach, they never went swimming. Dad was never like, you know, shirtless ever. Like it's just I don't know. I don't know. Bad parenting. But I guess if this dad is like got a martyr complex about like, well if I don't fall on this sword then she's gonna like run through the streets and just well, eat people but and ugh, actually this buddy. is just occurring to me too one of the reasons i don't think the parent angle works very well in the film is that it's not it's not good narrative because they're not really in the movie at all yeah they're there in the beginning and the end but there isn't like a lot of talk even between alex and justine about their life before their family right like they don't yeah, talk don't about their that. parents yeah. even so it does feel kind of like i don't know what's that 
in in this movie's version of a Deus Ex Machina, right? Or Deus Ex Machina. It's like, oh, it was because your mom was that, a cannibal all along. It's like there's no that clues. cow took a Deus Ex Machina. There's yeah, exactly yeah, <laughs> Deus Ex. Yeah. yeah. So it's like there's no. It's not good writing to have like a final yeah. reveal like that without it being hinted at earlier in the story. I would say. Yeah, it felt like it could. It falls into a bit of the Professor Professorson trap, where it's like, ring, ring, hello, it's me, Doctor the Expert. Yeah. This is what's happening. Okay, goodbye. Click. Here's why the movie's happening. Oh, okay, great. Now we're on board. Like, yeah, yeah. And then that's how it ends, where they're just like, anyway, you're going to have to eat raw meat. Mm -hmm. Credits. What? What? (laughs) Movie's just done? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What about you, Alex? Final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this was... This was a weird movie, but oddly, I enjoyed most of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think, yeah, I think the whole cannibalism part of this movie is just an idea to draw in people. And I want to say that the main focus of the movie isn't supposed to be the cannibalism, but it's really hard to not say that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, um, a re- it's just it's, yeah. It's, it's it's a very artsy movie that's kind of open to a lot of interpretation and mm-hmm. it's hard not to interpret this as a cannibalism movie which is what i i like from your point of view luke is is what i'm trying to get at mm-hmm. is like there's so much that i took out from it but f- the person that can't take out the cannibalism part which is totally fair because mm. this movie is fucking gross and the cannibalism <laughs> is very important it's hard to take that out yeah it's a bit like they said the quiet part loud where there was supposed to be like it's a coming of age movie and also there's a cannibal they're just like, cannibalism, coming of age. Oh, shit. Now it's yeah, too late. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of how gross it was, let's move on into the scariest part of the movie. So, Alex, we danced around the wet hair part of it all because yeah. we, I think it was so gross. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, this whole movie was just kind of just sickening and very nauseating for the whole part. Like, it's it's hard to choose one, but... For me, it was definitely pulling, like, the long strand of hair out of her mouth because she's just been chewing on her own hair. So gross. The amount of it and the wetness of it and the gagging. And the, how long it went for. It went for so long. It's it's one of those, uh, was it the clown handkerchief you're just pulling out of yes. your hand and it just doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This this was an incredibly gross movie, but due to, you know, my own personal issues, the, the, the hair coming out of the mouth scene was the grossest yeah barfing out hair yeah barfing out hair is oh i can't i couldn't it was one of those ones where i just like kept hiding my eyes and then i look and she's still pulling hair out of her mouth and i'm like oh no okay it's gotta be done now and it was still happening and it happened like four times visually that was the worst one that's mine auditorially i think when she first gets her like hives and scabs and she's scratching Oh, yeah. That was, like, really unsettling, really uncomfortable to, like, just listen to. I did not like the scratching noise, but yeah. We both hated the toilet hair part. Luke, what part did you hate? (laughs) Mm, Or was scariest? I just disliked all of the times that someone was biting someone. I just hated that. We didn't talk about the scene people. where they're, they're, the sisters are fighting each other in front of all the other mm. students. Oh, right. But I was like... I wrote a big note that but, said bite fight. But I was like, <laughs> fuck off. That that whole scene was... My mind was, fuck off, you two. Just quit. Fu- fuck off. Stop it. Stop Fuck it, off, stop movie. Yeah, yeah. Quit biting each oh, yeah. other. <laughs> Another super quick thought before I forget, because I thought Go this was it. actually really... I thought it was a beautiful part of the movie, actually, was okay the way that you kind of contrast 
the way Justine and Alex are in their cannibalism and the way that they want to satisfy their hunger. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really like quite moving when when Justine's having sex with Adrian, but then she decides to bite her own arm instead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, I thought that was like, mm. like way to go, <laughs> Justine. Channeling way to not it. bite Adrian. Because <laughs> you feel like if it was Alex in that position, she would have just uh, chomped on his ear and just... Mike Tyson her yeah. way to a buffet. Mm-hmm. Just nom, nom, nom. I thought, yeah. yeah. I thought Alex, you were going to say it was really beautiful when they both tried to stand up pee. Oh, <laughs> I don't know the anatomy of it. I'm not going to comment. Uh, bond, just sisterly bonding, yeah. just fun. You just got to do it as hard as you can, and apparently it works, right? Focus on I the guess stream, so. <laughs> but never cross them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then what shall we rate this out of, Alex? My God, there's too much. There's just too much. But I guess what will make me we laugh had, the we most. We had sucking buttons a few weeks ago. Can you do something <laughs> around there? <laughs> yeah. Munching uh, fingers. <laughs> all right. We are going to rate this out of five cigarettes that the doctor smokes in her <laughs> room. Nice. Okay. Five OR cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> all right. Go for it. Yeah. This like I cannot emphasize this enough that this movie is just fucking gross. It's disgusting. <laughs> There's parts of it that are so nauseating that, like, there comes to a point where I'm like, is this even necessary? And I think I'm just able to get over that mm. and look at all yeah. the other stuff because I really, really liked everything else about this movie. Like I said, I'm a sucker for a good coming-of-age movie, and this, cannibalism aside, was a really good coming-of-age movie. <laughs> but it's, it, I, I can understand why it's so hard to overlook all that gross stuff. And I was just able to get over it, so I'm going to give this... Three OR cigarettes out of five. All righty. Luke Mason. I, yeah, I'd want to reiterate that I think all the technical things in this movie are actually pretty flawless. I loved the cinematography, and I thought that there were some excellent long shots, especially at that party scene. So I, I think the camera work was pretty phenomenal. So there's nothing wrong from that point of view about this movie. I guess it's like... I think all of the things that are good about this movie would have been the exact same without the cannibalism. So I don't mm-hmm. know why the, there was cannibalism other than to make it like a sensationalist type of element of the film, which feels less like horror and more like a gimmick. So I don't resonate with that because I can't think about why there's cannibalism for all of these other motifs, which honestly stand on their own. So... All of that considered, I'll give this a 2.51, because it's a slightly better than average movie, all things considered, even though okay. it grossed me out repulsively. Even though I don't think there's as much blood as Hellraiser 2, or as much pus as The Fly, this movie was grosser, <laughs> I think. It's more realistic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Body yeah. Horror, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, 2.51 OR cigarettes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's... It's more realistic. It's nothing that's like supernatural or phenomenal in any way of the the gore. You know, it's it's human bodies with the requisite amount of blood in them and tissue and muscles. And you're not, you know, transforming into horrible, gross monsters or anything. But so like that almost makes it grosser than the fantastical transformation of the fly or yeah, like Hellraiser, where it's just just head tentacles and weird (laughs) shit. The fact that it's all possible on the earth we're living in right now with the rules that we all play in 
currently makes it a little bit grosser and scarier. I liked how this movie looked. It was grimy and disgusting, but shot beautifully. And I like that just juxtaposition. The actors did a great job. Yeah, but bad parents and the, the whole why of this discovery could have been solved with one conversation. <laughs> and so that for me is like, oh, well, they could have prevented this and they should have. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. I'm going to give this one also a three or cigarettes out of five yes that's it nice all right let's move into the something to cheer section alex Wan, you're kicking us off this week okay my cheer is the third season of the boys oh, yeah. i finished the finale on friday yeah me too oh, i haven't um, finished i haven't watched it yet yeah. so I just really I love this show. It's so fun and I like I have a great time with every single season and I'm I'm really happy that they're renewed for a fourth. <laughs> the fact this that season... that show has so much more blood. Just like people are filled with blood in this yeah. universe. <laughs> yeah, filled with other things too. Hey-o. But yeah, it it was just like a really fun season and they're able to keep kind of what makes it charming but also kind of up the ante even more every every season mm-hmm. without making it be like, you know, like excessive. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was just a really enjoyable season and I liked it a lot. So that's my cheer. Yeah, it was. Nice. It was a great season. I got to watch the season finale still. That's on my to-do list. Mm. Oh, you know what we should have talked about? Stranger Things. Or I haven't watched it yet. I will, though. You haven't watched it yet? Okay, okay. No, we, no. We can talk about it after. I like that they say it's two more episodes, but it's really four. Like why it's not really like why? six hours of you know, content, why so. why did they make it so long and say it's one episode i don't get it i just don't uh, get it. did you watch it yeah oh yeah okay well we, we can talk about when alex is caught up but maybe that's what we can talk about one of our just shoot the shit episodes anyway luke what are you cheering i think probably the best cheer i can think of for this week is just how pleasant and kind and funny a lot of the kids are at day camps oh i've had a i had a good kid week that's always good with that. And um, I think maybe I mentioned, but I don't know that there's like two seven-year-old twin boys from Ukraine here. You did. Yeah, yeah. that was your cheer last week. Yeah. And they're just sweet. But That's all so the cute. kids, all the kids are just lovely. Not all, but Aww. most. <laughs> but most of them. You can't you, lie here. <laughs> are you busting out the, the old the old standard games? The, oh, yeah. the, the Never Tells and yeah. the oh, yeah. Mafias and Rumpelstiltskins and, and all, all those? All of my high five quips you know so so good yeah (laughs) well i got i got like you know up high on the side in the alligator see you later when they're going home oh up high on the side on the kangaroo toodaloo (laughs) (laughs) things of this nature you're like the perfect person to be a day camp counselor (laughs) that's right (laughs) okay that's a great cheer i am gonna cheer disney plus show but it's only six episodes, and they're, they're short episodes. They're only 10 minutes long. It's the Baymax miniseries, oh. which came out, which was like Big Hero 6. I don't know. Kind of made some waves. I guess it had a, enough of a fan following. I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is fun and pleasant. And there's a a, a little so- short six-episode series where Baymax goes around and helps people <laughs> with like medical stuff. And it's very cute. There's some awesome representation in it. And you know for being a total totally 60 minutes long all six episodes take that stranger things Mm. it tells like a complete story that is very heartwarming and has a 
satisfying conclusion. So <laughs> cool. I love Big Hero Six. Are you saying I'm not going to be satisfied? I don't know. There's well, there's still a season five of Stranger Things, so it's. Is not there? The I thought this was going to be the last one. No, no. There's another season. There's okay. one more season. Five is going to be the last one, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're saying, Luke? I just love Big Hero Six. Uh, that's like maybe my favorite Disney movie, movie of the last decade. It's a cute one. Watch it once, and I want to revisit it because yeah, I I think the although if you do watch the Baymax series because of this podcast, like some of the things where Baymax is like pursuing people and talking to them and like relentlessly giving them medical intervention, I was like, oh, you could recut this to be a horror movie <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's like a relentless <laughs> robot monster that has like inhuman strength and yeah. like cannot be. Let stopped. me protect you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, cheer in Baymax. Yeah. And cheering just doing this podcast with you folks. It's so fun. But it's time to call it for another week. Another another podcast comes to a close. And so I would like to thank you both for listening. And I would like to thank um, what I would like to thank you personally both for participating. And I'd like to thank the listeners for listening. Thank you so much. If you would like to help the show out, letting people know about us is a great way to do that. Rating and reviewing on whatever podcast apps you use is great. Uh, you can follow us on social media. Nothing to Fear Podcast is Instagram, NTFPod on Twitter. And you can also support us via Patreon if you'd like to go to patreon.com slash nothing to fear. There are some cool bonus episodes and little side chats that the three of us have done that are up there for your consumption and it's a one dollar a month or more uh, whatever you have to give is great and helps us out a lot and yeah thanks uh yeah thank you everyone uh luke where can people find you all over the internet podcasting all apps over of your choice damn place really true fiction liberal soul can be found nice alex where can the people find you find me on instagram one song a day W-A-N, all one word. song a day. A different song every single day. Great. That'll be... That's always fun. I like your little song selections, Alex. You got good taste in music. Thanks, Billy. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so next week, it's my choice to pick for our world tour. Our little short world tour, but I'm going to be taking us to Sweden. Hmm. And we're going to visit the 2008 vampire-type movie called Let the Right One In. And Luke is nodding sagely. You've heard of this. I just, I have I never seen it. it, but I, it's well reviewed. So, yes, we haven't done a. Va- oh wait, we have done vampire movies. We've done Fright Nights. <laughs> We've done some vampire yeah. movies. It's got a, it's got a ninety-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So that's sorry. What, what's it called? Really Let good. the right one in. Let the right one in. I believe you can watch it on YouTube rental, but I don't know. If Jonathan Torrance wants to help us out with that, he can maybe. J-Rock. But, uh, we need J-Rock. J-Rock. <laughs> we need J-Rock. So yeah, come in, t- tune in next week when we talk about Let the Right One In. And remember, folks, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear. Can be found. I'm making a lot of noise by picking my phone up. I'll have to edit that out later.